Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Today we are thrilled to be welcoming Oscar and Golden Globe winner, recording artist, author and activist John Patiste onto the podcast, um, who's here to talk about his highly anticipated album, We Are. So welcome, John. How are you? Where are you? How's everything going for you over there? I'm in New York City. I'm in Manhattan. And my spirit is feeling strong. You know, God has given me another day to live on this earth and I'm making the most of it. Okay, it certainly sounds like you are. And what's going on over there with things like live shows and live music and all that kind of thing? Is it starting to open up? It's coming back stronger than ever, man. It's it's incredible to see. You know, Alice, it's a beautiful feeling that I, I experienced last week. I did a performance at the Ed Sullivan Theatre. I did this song that I wrote called Freedom. And the song title is important to the story because it was the first performance for many of the people in the audience and for me in 15 months for an audience. And you're talking about hearing people scream and, and, and shout the word freedom in that context. It just brought me to tears. You know, we had a, a, had, had a, a, a real catharsis. It was like a spiritual release. And everybody in the space... In, in, in the middle of Manhattan, you know, on Broadway, at Sullivan Theatre and Broadway, for people who don't know. So it just felt like we're back in the epicenter. We're back in the saddle. You know, let's go. Yeah. What a song as well to welcome them back. And were people just totally getting into it again? Were people looking nervous? Like, oh, my God, I'm near another person's face. Or was it just like, hell no, this is the music. We're back. We're back. People were ready. You know, everybody who got there was vaccinated. There was a whole thing where everybody had to go through so much to get there, to be in that room. It was like a feeling of of we passed through all of these rites of passage and now we're in this club. You know, it was a it was a it was a feeling of being in something together that we hadn't felt for 15 months. And that coupled with the fact that, you know, it's it just happens to be summer now. And summer is always this time of rebirth and and coming out. And, and um, I felt that all that was converging in a moment of performance on stage and allow for us to really experience something very special together. Yeah. And uh, what a wait that's been as well to get to this point. Um, did you have a feeling, uh, you know, you must have been really, really looking forward to performing live again, of course, as all artists are. But did it live up to your expectations or did it, you know, go past them? Oh, my goodness. It was really uh, uh, an experience that I didn't even think about in that way. I couldn't judge it. I wasn't judging it. It was just more of a, of a, again, it was like a revival or spiritual release, this cathartic feeling of getting on stage and just showing people what it is that's in my heart and connecting with their heart. And, you know, it's really a reciprocal emotional relationship with the audience. You know, we do the show not just for the people, but with the people. And if you look at the YouTube clip of the song free, you'll see, I'm, I'm just like smiling the whole time and, you know, I got this choir behind me and I got this horn section. I had this, I'll tell you, I had a, a horn section with angel wings on and seven of the greatest trumpet players in New York City played with me on this thing. And, you know, the seven trumpets in the book of Revelations, it's like the calling back, you know, there's a, a lot of symbolism in the performance, but <laughs> I, I loved, I loved it so much. Just, I couldn't judge it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds incredible. I wish I could have been there. We're a little bit behind here in the UK, unfortunately. Well, of course, we've got to be safe and everything, but things are meant to be opening up now in terms of live music. And we got the inevitable four more weeks, guys. Come on, you've got to hang in there. So we've still got nothing in terms of music here yet in terms of live stuff. So it's great to see that you're kind of living the dream over there. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, a, it's, it's really interesting because I did take my, my only trip 
abroad during the whole pandemic. I took one flight and it was to Paris, France, and I did a television show there. And usually there's a studio audience show. It's like a um, one of their late shows. And I did the show and there was no audience and we were performing. And I thought that it would feel strange, but I didn't have this sort of live performance experience in, in recent times to compare it to. So I think that the, the wait is well worth it. I, I don't think you should try to force it before time. It's not a bad thing to get out there and perform and to do virtual things and, and all that. But once you can really be together, full-fledged, you know, you'll be glad that you 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 trudged through this time. And, mm. and, and I really wish y'all the best. You know, I'm, I'm praying for y'all because I know that once you get out of it, it's going to be really well worth all the work that everybody's doing to stay safe and healthy. Yeah, exactly. And you know, we haven't got the weather here either, John. So, you know, if we need music, we need something other than going to the pub. We need something to get us through. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it, I get it. I, I'm feeling you. I, I just, I just love the, 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 the strange dichotomy that COVID has presented. This pandemic has really made things a lot more localized, which I think is a really good thing in a really bad situation. You know, the idea that people are now more focused because of necessity on their home life and on the, their, their loved ones who are close to them and on their community and that aspect of life becoming localized in this world where it's become so technologically advanced and everything is so connected now more than it's ever been. It's really a, a refreshing thing to only have the option of going up the street or walking, you know, within a pod of people and connecting with those people for an extended period of time and going deeper because you have to. Mm. And um, speaking of, um, so Freedom, as you mentioned, as you just performed it the other day, this amazing performance. I also saw you performed it on uh, The Late Show uh, with Stephen Colbert the other day. And just for the benefit of our listeners, you're the band leader and musical director for that very show. So um, I saw, you know, even Stephen, he felt the spirit move him. He came up for a little dance. So <laughs> was that scripted or did he just come up? Oh, my goodness. He just comes. Everybody knows that. The relationship that we have as collaborators, as friends, you know, we've been working together. I, I started the show when I was a, a kid, you know, I'm the youngest person to ever do the music director position on a variety show. Late show is kind of like an institution for us here in America. And it's just, you know, there's only a handful of people who have ever done it since Ed Sullivan, Johnny Carson, all those, those luminaries. But the thing that separates Stephen and I's relationship is that we're both improvisers. We're both very spontaneous. He came up as an improv comic in Second City, which is a comic troupe in Chicago. And he's done a lot of improv theater and improv comedy. And he's really someone who goes with the moment. And obviously everyone knows I'm from New Orleans. I have a huge musical family and the tradition in jazz and tradition of improvisation and playing in the street. And basically that, that meeting each other on a national television show creates a lot of moments of spontaneity mm. i know i can tell from looking at it um it just looked again we can only enviously look on from over here but uh it definitely looked like you're all letting loose and what a performance as well did i read in your instagram it was put together really really short notice as well is that right yes it was put together on short notice shout out to my brother jamel mcwilliams creative director for me and and as a great dancer choreographer and visionary you know we put this performance together over the phone because he lives in los angeles and um you know we had 
an incredible music video that was kind of the um it was released i guess it was a week ago now and 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 the video is really you know an amazing experience as if you know i'm willy wonka in new orleans <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. willy wonka of new orleans it just feels very much like that and we created that video together so we had the spirit of that video to kind of launch off of to create this performance um but we really didn't have any time to put the performance together and we were remote um so we just had to kind of go with the spirit again and not really overthink it it's a beautiful thing but you know as covid is is so unpredictable we didn't know that we were even going back into the theater until two weeks before we were going in so you know the mayor just un he 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 lifted a lot of the bands and he opened Broadway again and it was there's so many things that happened so quickly that we didn't have time to put this performance together because we didn't even know we were going back into the theater until two weeks before that right okay crazy and um speaking of the video I actually watched that today it's got for anyone listening such energy such soul you it's just captured this kind of feeling of just happiness and everyone letting loose and I was just curious do you ever read the comments under your YouTube videos Sometimes I'll, I'll have a friend who read it to me because they want to protect me, and but they also want me to know that there's a lot of people who love me. You know, like friends of mine who are like I'm I'm I'm, I'm hanging out with a friend of mine now, and and she's she's a she's a journalist, and she will go into the comments and do her journalism to kind of deconstruct what's going on and give me a report. But I, I try not to read comments. No, John, I, I, it's good. It's all good. My favourite one that I saw on there today was someone just wrote, production team, John, how many snazzy suits do you want? John, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that kind of stuff. I, I, I do, I'll tell you what I, 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 I do end up going through is my messages. I love to read messages that people send me on like Instagram and on, on um, social media just because it's really a beautiful thing to be able to connect. Again, I'm talking about technology. You connect with people and you never know who's out there that, that um, you can help or you can connect with and collaborate with, or you can just become friends with. It's just a, a beautiful world in that way. And I, I get a lot of love from people. I, I feel like the frequency of love that we, we aim to put out with everything that I do and joy that we aim to put out with everything that I do. I feel that coming back from people and I'm really humbled and grateful by that. Mm. That's great that you're getting all these responses and that you take the time to read them. I know a lot of people probably wouldn't or perhaps they get a bit more blasé perhaps as their career goes on. But um, reading about your achievements, I think many might assume you're a much older man just because of how much you've packed in. But I was disgusted to find out your age because we're basically the same age. (laughs) And, you know, you've got all these awards. You're making me look bad, John. That's all I'm saying. Oh no, no, no! Right. <laughs> and modest. You, 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 you know, everybody has a, a a purpose and a gift. Everybody has something that they do that nobody else can do. I'm just trying to do my thing, the thing that I can do that you know I don't think um, makes me better, but it does make me unique and it makes me my own version of a human being that I think is contributing to to other people's lives. If we're all contributing and we're all doing the thing that makes us unique and special. I, I don't I don't see a problem with with that. You know, everybody's also not meant to be a um, a, a TV musician uh, touring all these things that I'm doing is I think we judge each other too much based upon that kind of achievement and not based upon the quality of who we are as humans and what we provide to our family 
you know, mm. the, the, it, it, that, that to me is the value. So, you know, I, this is my path, but it doesn't make me better than anybody else. No, of course not. But um, I think um, you can tell you're a really humble guy and the fact that you read all these comments and you're genuinely touched by them. But I think it's really lovely that people are still discovering your music because um, another one of the comments, I think it was the top one under your video for Freedom was um, YouTube recommended me this. I feel like I did something right in this life. And loads of people said, this is so cool. I've only just had this song. Where's it been? Kind of thing. So I just think that's so nice that people are still discovering your music now. Yeah, I've had a really, in a lot of ways, I've had a lot of great success and and, and um, really had a, a really early start. But in, in, in other ways, it's been pretty circuitous in terms of how it's evolved every two or three years, you know, in, in, in different phases, uh, I've been introduced to different people. And I think the the latest phase, you know, is is become, especially after the last couple of years, people are, are just getting to know more and more of me. And at the same time as people are getting to know more and more of me, uh, there's there's more and more people getting to be aware of me. So it's like this this real moment of 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 of, of connection happening on an axis. And and I think it's cool to see. You know, I'm again. I'm just doing my thing, but I, I really do believe that um, if you continue to to just do the work that's important to you and continue to expose the parts of yourself that you think are are are, are meaningful and valuable to society, then I think you know you you'll you'll get to connect with the right people out there, however many they are and whoever they are. Mm. And your songs obviously resonate with so many as well. And I know you've um, posted about Juneteenth, which obviously was very recently, um, and people are sort of connecting that to the song Freedom for obvious reasons. Was this just um, kind of a coincidence? I'm not sure if you did release it on the day. Forgive me, I don't know the release date. Or um, what, what do you think about the um, the meaning behind this track with that in mind? I think the track embodies the sort of spiritual and social and sexual revolution it, it's it's about freedom and i think that that's exactly what i wanted a song like this to mean to people it means different things to different people but the answer is yes it's not specifically tagged to mm. any one of those things but the spirit of the song and the meaning behind the song is meant to apply to those pursuits of freedom that make us more human you know, my 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 um my whole thing about stay human and the whole vision of of what it is that I did with this album, we are, is to show people that we're never alone. We're always together in the tribalism and all the different ways that we separate and divide each other and judge people not based upon merit or the content of their character, but all these other aspects of things that are really a, a false construct that take us further away from our humanity. I wanted to bring people back to that feeling of, of humanity and connection and community. So yeah, that's the answer. Mm, okay. No, excellent answer. And um, you've said as well um, a few times, so we are represents this completely new chapter for you sonically, and you've already done so much during your career. So it's kind of a culmination of your life to this point and it represents you and where you're at as an artist. So um I guess the question is how so and does that mean that your work before this didn't or was that cool for where you were at that time? I think a culmination is a real arrival point. So 
everything that's happened before has had great value to me and has been a snapshot of the time and place. But to give you an example of what I meant when I was saying I've had this kind of circuitous path, you know, the albums that I re released up until we are have largely been independent albums. Um, this is my eighth album, but it's my first major label studio album. Uh, everything else before this has either been a live album or it's been something that I've independently produced. I started making records when I was 16. Um, you know, I did this, I'm 33. So that the, the idea of making a record at 33 after starting when you're a kid, if you think about Stevie Wonder and songs in the key of life and how, you know, him, I talked to him when I was making this record and just talking about the process of making songs in the key of life and just talking about life in general and being an artist. And he's really someone who's an ins inspiration for me. Um, and he made maybe 12 albums before Songs in the Key of Life, even though he was like 26 or 27 at the time. And you think about what Songs in the Key of Life means or an album like that for any artist, what that means. Miles Davis making Kind of Blue at 33. You know, A Love Supreme by John Coltrane. Like people having these classic or summation albums that we consider to be Oh, that's classic Miles. That's classic Stevie. That's mm -hmm. this to me is what that represents for me when I say it's a combination. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And after listening to it, so I can totally hear all those kind of influences that you've mentioned and more in that music. So um, yeah, that's just fantastic to hear. And um, I saw that you you wrote and planned much of the project in one week from your dressing room at the late show so is that uh do you typically work that fast or is that just a case of finding the time wherever you can well i have a lot of things going on <laughs> it's it's a it's yeah, a i'm getting that it's a busy life <laughs> it's, it, it's a busy you know it's, it's a busy life being john baptiste in this this era and i'm thankful for it but also you have to make you have to make time for creativity and art and expression and I had always been making these kind of sketches, but I had a vision for this album. And when I have the vision, when it comes to me in that way, I feel compelled to capture it as soon as possible before it fades or before the truth of what the vision feels like starts to leave me or I start to overthink it and that intellectualize. It. So I set up a studio in my dressing room and by the way, this is my dressing room at the Late Show, but also at the same time as I'm recording this album, We Are, I'm going into studios with my whole jazz orchestra and I'm recording the soundtrack to Soul. Mm. So I'm doing the Pixar soundtrack at the same time as I'm doing the TV show at the same time I'm doing my album, We Are, at the same time as I'm doing all types of other things. And I like that kind of creative flow. I, I think good things come out of that when one thing spills into the other. Yeah, totally. And obviously doing all these things at the same time. Um, as you mentioned, you were doing uh, Disney Pixar's Soul. Um, so how did you switch between the projects? Or is that really easy for you to do, to just put one to the side, then move on to Soul, put one to the side, move on to the album? Or did any of them, you know, was it tricky to get in the zone each time? I don't think about things in that way more so because I, I'm, I'm the person that is the common thread. It, it, it's all me. You know, I think of, of, of great artists, like one of my favorite artists, you know, Nina Simone, or, or just people who everything they do, it sounds like them. Every aspect of what they're doing, it's the genre of them. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> and 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 then that kind of connects everything it 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 makes everything feel as though it's coming from the portal of you and you're achieving the objective of course whether you're trying to make a, f- a film or you're trying to make uh album or whatever you're trying to make you're fulfilling that objective but you're not thinking about it in a segmented way you're just putting your heart and soul and the life that you're living onto the canvas mm. And um, well, it obviously worked out. You're able to do all these projects at the same time. In particular, Soul did so well. I think it just it did reach everyone uh, at this difficult time. It was obviously streamed at home on um, Disney Plus, and right in the middle of pandemic, very captive audience. And you know, Disney Pixar knows how to get everyone in the feels at the best of times, let alone at the worst. So I'm just curious. Um, so, what were your immediate thoughts for the score when you heard, I guess, the premise of the film, especially? considering how intrinsic music is to this story? Well, I always felt that something like this, you know, a film about where souls are from, you know, the origin of the soul and where the soul goes to find its purpose and where we all go when we pass away. A jazz film about a New York musician and he's a piano player. (laughs) (laughs) It's <laughs> a, 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 a black American lead in a Pixar film, which is the first. I mean, all of these things just seemed like I was born for that role. But, you know, it, it, it felt like that. But I didn't know how real that was. Like, you know how people tell you idea. And especially if you work in the kind of circles that I work in, sometimes you're working with people who are not creatives. They're more entrepreneurial. They're more business people, which is fine. But, you know, an artist thinks about things differently even if they're saying the same words, like they say, we want to do a jazz film and they'll really mean like, let's do like a jazz film and we don't care if anyone likes it. It could be super authentic and, and, and obscure even, <laughs> but like a business person, like let's do a jazz film. But what they really mean is like, let's do a jazz film that has like a hint of jazz, but really we're just trying to sell something. <laughs> and luckily I was surprised, pleasantly surprised. Not that I expected anything less of Pixar, but in particular was something that's so, so far outside of the realm of what you would consider kids content and the theme being so far outside of the realm of kids content. I was so pleased to see they were down to go about it. Like the most authentic artist would let's, mm-hmm. let's make this real. Like let's actually make it be real jazz and let's deal with some real heavy stuff. And, you know, everybody collaborated, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, myself, we all collaborated in a way that was so beautiful with the Pixar team to be a part of this film. It was one of the most beautiful collaborations I'd ever been a part of. It really gave me a sense of how, how to collaborate, how to make things happen in a way where everybody contributes without worrying about dividing lines of, you know, this is my segment, this is your segment, Mm. you know, it's just open. Okay, yeah, um, that makes sense. And it's great that there was so much freedom and um, that you were able to feel so involved uh, like it was made of you, like you said, for this project. Um, that's wonderful. And um, just one more final question, back to We Are, of course. So I know you've said you're known for a lot of things already, as obviously we've covered a lot of them um, in this interview. But there's a lot more to know about you. So what do you hope that people take away from listening to this album? I think people will take away... The fact that music cannot be repressed and it cannot be dictated 
by constructs of genre and constructs of life that make people uh, constructs within our life that make people feel that they have to subscribe to a certain sort of way of being. This music is music is, is, is life music. It's, it's freedom music. It's music that's about my life. And I know that my life has unique experiences but it will connect with other people because we all deep down are more alike than we are different. And all of these constructs of genre to me are just uh, another form of the same stuff we see when we have the tribalism of race and all the different ways of marginalization, whether it's the, the isms, the ways that we hold each other back. Mm. So this music represents breaking free from that. Okay. Wonderful. Well, what a message to get out there to the people. And I'm so glad, as we said earlier, that you're continuing to attract more and more fans to your music. Um, that's absolutely wonderful. So, um, well, I think that's a good place to end it, John. I'm sure you've got um, lots and lots of other things to do, as uh, you've demonstrated to me. You're quite the multitasker. So good luck with everything else you're doing today. And um, we look forward to seeing what you come out with next. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for joining. Thanks so much, John. Bye-bye. Bye. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.